and thank you for allowing me into your home and heart. I am the voice of one. It is only proper for someone to apologize when they have wronged or caused harm to another person. If they are sincere, it is expected that they would not repeat the wrong. Such an approach to dealing with offenses and errors in society enables us to have better interpersonal relationships. However, there are situations where those who have offended others refuse to apologize because they see nothing wrong with what they have done. And no matter how strongly they are urged to apologize, they simply would not do it because they neither realize their wrongdoing nor believe that they have done any wrong. In such instances, you would need someone to explain to the offender why what they have done is offensive and wrong. If they are convinced by the explanation and come around to it, they will apologize and it will be sincere. If not, they would continue in their untoward behavior and lose that relationship. Naturally, it is also expected that the offended person would accept the apology and welcome the offender into their circle. On a macro scale, when a person offends in society, one would expect them to own up and accept the consequence of their actions. Unfortunately, when it comes to crime or civil legal matters, people do not admit wrongdoing because of what is at stake for admitting wrong. Payment of fines, jail term, and even the death sentence. Thus, in civil legal matters or criminal prosecution, the alleged offender is unlikely to admit guilt of a misdeed because of the high stakes involved and the burden of proof on the claimant or prosecution. So, when matters come up for trial, evidence and witnesses are examined and cross-examined to prove guilt. At the end of the court processes, a judge or in some countries, a jury will reach a verdict. If the verdict is guilty, the judge would give a lengthy judgment to inform the offender or offenders of their guilt and why society frowns against their conduct. The guilty party may accept or reject the verdict. Where they accept the verdict, they will voluntarily plead for mercy in exchange for a lighter sentence from the judge. Where, however, they reject the verdict, they would appeal the verdict and sentence. And should they lose their appeal, they still may neither admit guilt nor plead for mercy. Of course, there are instances where innocent people have been wrongly sentenced. Apologies are a simplified version of the acceptance of wrongdoing and the verdict of guilt in a civil or criminal court proceeding. The penalty arising from everyday human interactions is not grievous enough to make a person refuse to admit their fault, save their ego. In a civil or criminal prosecution, however, the stakes are high and people are less likely and unwilling to admit guilt. Usually, guilty people in such cases are unwilling to admit guilt because they do not want to serve the punishment that would follow. However, when the verdict comes in, they have no choice but to abide by and comply with the judge's prescribed punishment. That said, one would expect a guilty person to admit their guilt after sentencing. Unfortunately, some guilty people continue to maintain their innocence even in the face of glaring evidence to the contrary. Whereas apologies enable society to function with minimal friction among individuals, civil and criminal verdicts help to deter or rid society of people who do not want it to function effectively. Crime and civil misbehavior usually begin with petty things. When a petty crime or civil matter is overlooked, the offender graduates to higher crimes and society must be rid of such a person through incarceration or even the death sentence. Otherwise, society will be badly corrupted. Indeed, in most societies today, crime is so rampant, law enforcement agencies are overstretched. There is, however, a far higher stake involved in life than civil and criminal prosecution, and that is an offense against God. An offense against God is referred to as sin or transgression, and at stake are eternal life, eternal judgment, and eternal punishment in hell.
if a person is guilty of sinning and transgressing against God, which every human being is guilty of, the punishment is eternal damnation, which is forever. A person who offends another apologizes to the offended person. One who admits guilt in a civil or criminal case seeks the mercy of the court. But when it comes to sin or transgression against God, the offender must repent. Repentance is an all-encompassing act that connotes the admittance of guilt, the turning away from repeating wrong acts, the seeking of God's mercy, forgiveness and redemption, and the building of a relationship with God. In other words, repentance requires that the sinner first accepts and acknowledges their sins and transgression against God and his loss. The sinner must also be willing to turn away from the offensive lifestyle to one that God approves of, seek God's forgiveness and redemption, and commence a vital ongoing relationship with God. Like when a person offends another and they accept their wrong and apologize and moves on. Repentance occurs when a person, realizing that they have sinned against God and transgresses laws, admits their faults, seeks God's mercy and forgiveness, and no longer engages in such wrong acts. But unlike in a civil or criminal prosecution, where admitting guilt does not bring any relief other than a reduction in the sentence at best, repenting to God always results in forgiveness freedom, redemption, and restoration. So why do some people not repent when they sin against God and transgress his laws? This is a subject for a whole discussion, but let me simplify it as best as I can. Some people do not repent when their sin against God is pointed out because they either do not believe there is a God who will judge all human beings or they are unconvinced that they are sinning against God and transgressing his laws. Some other people know there is a God in heaven and that they are sinning against him, but they do not repent because they do not believe he will send anyone to hell. Then some do not repent because they are unaware of the dire consequences of not repenting. Some do not understand or appreciate the gravity of the consequence of their action, and some others still are unaware of the benefit of repentance. I shall now focus on the benefit of repentance. God, not wanting people to die in ignorance of his existence and the wonderful benefits of repentance, sends ministers of the gospel to tell people that they should turn from sin and turn to him in faith for their salvation, deliverance, and redemption. Through Ezekiel the prophet, God said in Ezekiel 18 verse 30 to 32, Stop sinning or else you will certainly be punished. Give up your evil ways and start thinking pure thoughts and be faithful to me. Do you really want to be put to death for your sins? I, the Lord God, don't want to see that happen to anyone. So stop sinning and leave. God also wants people to know that Jesus Christ has paid the price for the sins of all human beings through his death at Calvary. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, it was not because he sinned. No, he took our place and died the death that we ought to die if we do not repent. Thus, the gospel is God's message of hope and comfort to a sinful world, calling us to return to him and herein are the benefits of repentance. One, since Jesus has died in our place on account of our sins, when we repent before God, he forgives our sins totally and completely. Two, as a result of God's forgiveness, we are freed and redeemed from the stranglehold of Satan and our fellowship with God is restored. Three, when we cast off our sinful ways and receive God's forgiveness, which he willingly grants us, he also wipes away the memory of our sins and remembers them no more forever. And four, we receive from God the power to live for him without sin through his spirit, which he gives us as salvation, and thus we are able to live righteously before him. God again said through Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to 29, 
I will sprinkle pure water on you and make you pure. I will wash away all your filth, the filth from those nasty idols, and I will make you pure. I will also put a new spirit in you to change your way of thinking. I will take out the heart of stone from your body and give you a tender human heart. I will put my spirit inside you and change you so that you will obey my laws. Also, I will save you and keep you from becoming unclean. Beloved, there is every reason to seek God's forgiveness because when he forgives, he also forgets and he empowers us to live for him and obey him. God does not leave us to our devices but comes to encourage us to live righteously. I boldly say that many of us know that we sin against God and transgress his laws every day. Therefore, I urge you to repent, receive God's forgiveness and live henceforth for him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for that which we have shared to the listeners. I commit them into your hands. As many as are willing to come to you in true repentance, I ask Almighty and everlasting God, according to your word, forgive them totally and completely and give them the free gift of salvation for their souls. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 807 777 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye.